Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of the Publisher Lab. Joined alongside me today is no one. Unfortunately, me, my unfortunate, uh-oh, not off to a good start. That's why I have my good friend Shelby Kang often here helping me out. Today, she's actually undergoing some technical issues, specifically that relates to her internet connection, which is another fun byproduct of the global pandemic and everyone working remotely. So... Shelby, before we were unable to connect because of the internet connection, was able to get with me on some of the news that she had identified this week, and it aligns really well with some of the topics that I already had in mind. So Instagram sees the greatest gains from recent social media um, uh, use related to the pandemic. So the Search Engine Journal says that according to new projections um, that they've actually collected from eMarketer, that social media and internet usage as a whole is on the rise. So time spent with Instagram has been relatively flat and was only projected to grow between about one and one and a half percent in 2020. So now Instagram is expected to see the largest growth out of all the social networks that covered um, that were covered in this eMarketer study uh, with an estimated 14% boost in the time on platform. So that's pretty interesting, um, just given the fact that you have all these people at home now and you have internet usage surging, you kind of look at what formats are growing. Snapchat also had their stock explode this week, partially because of the massive user growth. Now, the real question about Snap is, will that user growth maintain as people basically start getting back outside of their homes and things along those lines? Are people basically just running out of content on other platforms and kind of jumping into these other places where they've heard about it. I'm a bit skeptical about whether or not the gains that are made in terms of user growth right now are real or not. And that is a real question that you're seeing a lot of people ask and you're seeing kind of reflected in uh, financial markets as well. Um, Facebook is one exception to this rule and that kind of extends to Instagram a little bit as well. So eMarketer, um, kind of highlighted them in this piece as well. But the big thing that I think sticks out to me about Facebook is they kind of took a spray and pray approach to product development recently where they unrolled both um, uh, video chat messaging like, like a Zoom competitor along with uh, uh, gaming apps and a whole bunch of other things to try to compete with a lot of the other tech that's out there and a lot of the other platforms. And most of these things were things that Facebook had originally intended to release later this year. If there's one thing Facebook is known for outside of not being great with security and privacy, it's that their product dev is very fast. The Facebook philosophy of move fast and break things. I really like their stance here where they're going to just basically take lots of new ideas and products and then just throw them out there. Realistically for Facebook, it's a win if any of them stick. And so if you are a publisher right now and you're looking at Facebook's chats, you're looking at um, the things that they're doing in gaming. Um, there's a lot of different things that they've started with. Uh, I think they've released like six new, just different apps and products last week. It's worth checking in the, checking them out and see if there isn't an audience there or a way to engage your audience. Um, because if one of these emerges, you could be one of the first ones there. And that's always the thing that people talk about with social media platforms and technologies is if you're one of the first ones there, you have this head start on being able to take advantage of it. So the next story comes from Adweek, and it's that Redditors want Redditors and community to start chatting. So this is something personally, as a Reddit user, I've noticed, and I'm a beta user for a lot of the Reddit app stuff and 
user for Reddit in general. And so we've been getting the kind of chat features for a minute and universally all the other beta users um, that are included in the, the R beta uh, subreddit uh, do not like the chat feature and I would be included in that. I don't really want Reddit as a, um, as a, as a chat feature. However, the Adweek article says that Reddit is claiming that the new feature um, is a response to the 80% spike in chat usage on its platform since the pandemic began, ramping up in late January. Um, the goal is to connect like-minded users who are also seeking deeper engagement on subjects relevant to the community that they're browsing. Um, if the future has been activated and a community users can use the start chatting button and they will be directed to a randomly generated community themed chat room. So um, there are a couple that I think I can think of specifically that I'm in where I've looked at the chats before and it's usually a small handful of users. Um, but it is an interesting way that uh, engagement has been approached. And if you're a publisher, it may be a great place to go and get some store ideas and maybe even crowdsource some information inside of those chats. I know one publisher in particular um, that's more in the kind of like how-to troubleshooting uh, niche. And what they will do is they will go into uh, Reddit and other forums and in chats, they'll basically ask people a lot of questions and they'll actually get information and answers that they can then use and, and, and uh, develop so that they can write great content about it. This next article comes from Media Post and it says the Wall Street Journal launches personal finance site. So the Wall Street Journal has launched a mobile first site called uh, WSJ Money to help readers manage their finances during the COVID-19 crisis. So it says the interactive microsite is divided into five topics, stimulus money, student loans, mortgages, unemployment, and taxes. So the content is presented in a Q&A format with questions such as, what if I can make my mortgage payment this month? Uh, how much will my unemployment check be? So it's basically related to this very current environment, which is super smart because if you actually look at something, well, coronavirus searches are off the charts right now, but whenever you go in and you look at searches, you can see that coronavirus, one of the top associated searches with it is stimulus money, unemployment, things like this, things that are affecting all individuals right now. And so I think when you have something that's this prevalent or this broad to an audience that you already are able to connect with, then it makes a lot of sense to maybe even launch, I don't know if a microsite makes sense, but to have an entire, um, I guess, dedication. So, you know, if you're a smaller publisher, you might think about this as like a a menu item, you know, specific to it. You may think about spinning up a YouTube channel, podcast. There's a lot of different things that you could potentially do, but to be able to say, we're going to basically take one section uh, of content and brand it a certain way. Um, this could be a really great way for your audience to, to basically come to you as an expert or authority on one particular topic like the COVID-19 crisis. And one of the last topics I'll talk a little bit more about today is Google. So, Google just had their Q1 earnings report last week, and in the report, Google identified specifically that um, ad revenue obviously grossly affected something we've talked about on the show and something you can read more about on the Azoic blog where we update each week. For a while, we we're updating it daily on the COVID-19 impacts on digital ad rates and publishers. So Google identified that they were seeing big drops in ad revenue, but that they were seeing um, encouraging behavior so far in April that made them think that um, advertisers would be returning 
to the market here fairly soon. You can also see financial markets starting to recover as financial markets, we've talked before about how they can be kind of difficult to read, but they generally will give us a fairly decent finger on the pulse of whether or not these things are going to affect ad rates or not. And really when we saw them dip the hardest was when the market sort of crashed on March 22nd here in the US. And then we started to see things start to get better as Q2 has started. And that's sort of what the market looks like right now as well. And so that is fairly encouraging and something that Google has shared as well. Now, the thing that publishers probably need to be slightly concerned about in this entire situation is that we're talking about a lot of parties that are benefiting. We're talking about Facebook. We're talking about Google. We think about Amazon. Above, we were talking about Snapchat. We were talking about Instagram. These are all major platforms. And right now, because of their use, you have lots and lots of users and the audience there is attracted to content, but it runs a risk. Building audiences on those platforms can be dangerous. And also these entities are getting stronger as a result of all of this. And so as a publisher, one of the things that I think is key right now, especially if you're benefiting from a traffic standpoint, from being able to attract more visitors to your content, you need to be thinking about how do I maintain these visitors long-term? Let's pretend tomorrow there's a massive vaccine that's available and everyone in the world is able to access it and go back to work tomorrow. What happens to those people that are reading your content? Do you still have connection to them? Do they still come and you know, connect with you on these platforms? Do they connect with you on your website? Probably not in a lot of cases. And that is the thing as a publisher, uh, I would think through this is a great way for publishers to be thinking about how do they connect with their audience, both whether it's to repurpose content and capture their audience on other places, or how do they keep them long-term? Because realistically, we're in a very tumultuous period of time and being able to actually hone in on our audience and say, I'm here and I've created great content. Hopefully we can still be friends long-term, I think is a really great way of being able to grow your business while at the same time building a real brand, something that's different and not a commodity in terms of the information that your audience gets. And that's it. This is an episode of the Publisher Lab. I know it's different. There's a lot of things that are different right now. We're all kind of getting used to that, but um, it's weird talking to yourself for a long period of time. Uh, I used to do broadcasts for jujitsu and the worst ones were whenever they would basically have me do a television broadcast with no counterpart where I would just be calling the action all by myself for eight hours at a time. It was terrible. So for those of you that are in isolation right now and don't have someone to talk to, I relate and I feel for you. And until then, be safe, be healthy, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Publisher Lab.